0: Coming up this week on Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, Consumer Reports lays the smackdown on the Model S, Autopilot gets set to evolve, Stephen Colbert makes TV love to Tesla and much more. Here comes the high heat. Welcome to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors' unofficial podcast, episode 13 for October 25th, 2015. My name is Ryan McCaffrey. Thanks for joining me. I want to start the show with a follow-up to last week. I was talking last week about custom license plates, vanity license plates. They amuse me. I love them. I've always been, uh, they've always appealed to me as a fun thing. Got a few fun suggestions or Tesla-related plates that people already have. Hubert, whose last name also starts with D, wrote in with, for his P85D, he's got insane D, which I like. Uh, Van on Twitter wrote in with on E, noting the dual meaning. I actually think that you could even stretch that to three meanings. You've got, uh, you've got E for electricity, you've got E for ecstasy, and you've got, uh, you could even say on E meaning fuel empty because you don't need gasoline. You could even stretch it to that too. So I like that one. And then uh, Gabriel Grasso in Las Vegas wrote in with unplugged, U-N-P-L-G-G-D. I like that one too, that's, uh, that's good stuff. It'll, it'll be really fun to start seeing some of the Model X license plates that get out there uh, shortly. It's good to see, by the way, uh, the, a lot of the signature, apparently October 22nd this past week was a big day. A lot of the signature reservation holders who've configured got their VIN numbers. So that's a huge next step in getting cars into people's hands. Uh, also happening this week, back to the future day. Now you are like, well, how is that Tesla related? And it's really not, but it, it gave me one Tesla related thought. Cause of course, you know, obviously we were celebrating the fact that this was the the actual day from the future for back to the future two. And they come from 1985. And the thought occurred to me, if you could actually take a Model S back to 1985, you would completely melt people's brains. Forget about a flying car or, or any of the other, you know, Pepsi perfect or, or auto lacing shoes or, uh, or ho- I guess hoverboards would be pretty awesome. Although we, I mean, we have like the rudimentary versions now, but if you could actually take a Model S back to 1985, you would completely melt people's brains. Everything about it. If you said, oh yeah, I'm from 2015 and I brought this car, they'd be like, wow, 2015, it really is the future. Uh, just <laughs> but forget, forget about it. even when you hit the pedal, it'd be like, what, this is possible? Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it just goes to show you again, the Model S really is the best example of the automotive, the automotive industry has to offer of the future being actually real today. Gotta love it. Uh, thank you, Back to the Future, for <laughs> reminding us. Finally, before I start the news, yet another example of the media bias that seems to find its way into so many Tesla articles in the media. I know I've covered this before on the show, but it just made me nuts once again. I uh, was at my parents' house in Arizona this weekend, just visiting them for for a bit of a long weekend. And my mother loves, my parents still read the newspaper. They're a little old-fashioned in that regard. They just... That's their habit, they love it. Uh, so she cut out, the day after the Model X reveal, she cut out and saved the clipping of the write-up for me. Now, uh, this uh, the story, it's an, it's an Associated Press story written by Deanne Durbin, though I do know that more often than not, having been to journalism school, more often than not, the copy editors write the headlines and the subheads, and the, the, ed, the writer, the reporter, just writes the story, so I'm not. Gonna, what I'm about to say, I'm not necessarily going to pin on Ms. Durbin. In fact, reading the, the AP story itself, it was actually very good and it was totally factually accurate. So I'm willing to uh, actually, maybe even go so far as to applaud Ms. Durbin and simply direct my direct my scorn at her at her editors, her copy editors, or the maybe the Arizona Republic copy editors for a headline on this story. They chose. Tesla's pricey first SUV hits the road. Pricey, pricey is an editorial adjective. It it, it is a judgment. It is a, it implies judgment. It is it does not belong in the headline of a news story. Uh, and I have uh, like I have a journalism degree. This is one of the few things in this world that I know is that 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 is. That should not be, that is not okay. What they had done, what they've done there. And then there's a subhead, you know, the body of the, but there's a nice big subhead below that, that says fully loaded performance electric vehicle, seats seven costs $142,000. Now that is not untrue. However, it's totally slanted. That is just reinforcing the terrible headline And they could have said anything in that subhead. They could have said seven seat SUV can go zero to 60 in 3.2 seconds if they wanted to be positive and and highlight something interesting about the Model X. Or maybe for example, Tesla's third vehicle aims to attract more female customers, which the story actually addresses. That is, so uh, thumbs down to the Arizona Republic who I think did a terrible job with that headline and subhead. Uh, I hope, I I don't know what your deal is, but uh, I don't appreciate it. And I'm I'm sure that those of you out there listening could probably send in, could probably take pictures of and post uh, an email in a ton of different examples of papers around the country doing this. If you have any examples, I am definitely curious. Just I won't necessarily make a segment out of it, because this is already the second time I've been over this on the show, and I know people, you know, I don't want to beat the dead horse, but if you've got anything that's that's dumb like that, that's just completely biased and slanted, send it to me, Teslapodcast at gmail.com, or you could tweet me the picture at DMC underscore Ryan. Finally, before I get to the news this week, just a friendly reminder slash request. If you get the show on iTunes, if you subscribe there, would love it if you would go in and leave a quick review. You don't even have to necessarily write a review, just leave a star rating. Uh, What it does, that, that actually just helps bubble the show up on iTunes so that more people can find this podcast, which I would super appreciate. So if you get a chance, please do that. And I will be right back and we'll go into, got a whole bunch of news to get to this week, right after this short musical interlude. It figures that I would be away in Arizona visiting my parents, and thus that's why the show is a little late. I do apologize if uh, if you if you normally enjoy consuming it on Sunday and you're not getting it until Monday. That is why, and I do apologize. But lots, of course, lots to get to while I uh, while I was taking an extra day. Naturally, it couldn't have been a slow news week. The big news this week was, of course, Consumer Reports. Mere weeks after they get done awarding the P85D the highest score they've ever given a car, a score that literally broke their review scale, necessitating that they change said review scale, they went and lowered the Model S reliability rating from average to worse than average. Now, of course, we know that, uh, you know, Tesla is a hot topic in the media at all times. Everybody's picking up on this. Uh, It's not good for Tesla. 1,400 Model S owners were surveyed, according to Consumer Reports. The main problem areas cited were the drivetrain, that would be the the drive units. The power equipment, I'm not quite sure what they're referring, are people really having problems with their seats or sunroofs, moonroofs, panoramic roof? I'm not sure. I I mean, I read the boards constantly, the, the Tesla Motors Club forums. I'm not quite sure what they might mean by power equipment. Charging equipment, I have not seen a lot of issues people have had with their charge ports or, I mean, I I suppose, yeah, I I don't know, I'm not quite sure what to make of that one. 17-inch center console, now, uh, I have heard of people, in fact, I just saw this. My cousin, who I've mentioned on the show before, who's down here in Arizona, in fact, we took his Model S out for a drive uh, while I was in Arizona over the weekend. He's always very nice. I come to town, he knows I love it, and he, he, he lets me drive, we always go out for a nice long drive. Uh, he's got a February 2013, so he's got an early car, a VIN in the 4000s. And uh, he's, he mentioned, like, oh, yeah, I've got to take it in. I just it's, uh, it's got a little moisture in, in the edges of the center console. And, and I had a picture in my head of just a couple little, you know, maybe like foggy corners. But there's a lot of moisture in there. So he's going to, Tesla will take care of him. But uh, so I've definitely seen that. Uh, body and sunroof squeaks, also often cited, rattles and leaks. I have, I have heard of some, uh, particularly the earlier cars, having, having some panoramic roof issues. And while, while I wouldn't quite call this burying the lead, Consumer Reports concludes their report with the following. Quote, but those problems mostly fall under Tesla's four-year, 50,000-mile bumper-to-bumper warranty and eight-year unlimited mileage, battery and drivetrain warranty. So they are generally being corrected at no cost to owners. I mean, I don't necessarily take issue with that because you know, what they're reporting, it's still, the, the fact that there's a warranty doesn't negate the fact that there are issues. But it's, you know, you'd think they could mention that a little further up in the story. Because uh, having working in the, in the web space for a living, I have hard data every day that tells me m- a, a larger than you think chunk of your readers never even scroll down on a, on a story. If they click on an article, a huge chunk of them never even scroll down, never even make it all the way to the bottom, which is where this little nugget about the fact that, oh, by the way, pretty much all this stuff is covered by Tesla and they take care of it. Elon responded, Elon Musk took to Twitter to respond, tweeting, quote, Consumer Reports Reliability Survey includes a lot of early production cars already addressed in new cars, referring to the the issues. And he he went on to mention, Tesla gets top rating of any company in their service. Most important, Consumer Reports says 97% of owners expect their next car to be a Tesla the acid, me, me, and he's, he's saying that is the acid test. Now, I'm an enthusiast and a huge fan of Tesla. Obviously, I wouldn't have started a podcast about it otherwise. And I'm, I'm such a huge fan of what Tesla is doing. But I'm, I'm certainly, I'm not blind to the fact that they're not a perfect company. Every car has problems, particularly brand new models and brand new platforms. And so Consumer Reports, they're not unfair in their assessment. However, I mean, if I, I've said it a million times on, on the podcast already, and we're only 13 episodes in, if I had the means, I would not hesitate to buy a Model S for a couple of key reasons. That, uh, that those 97% of people that would buy again probably also feel the same way. And that's, first of all, the Model S is the best car in the world. I mean, it, it just thinks so far ahead of where everyone else is, that for me, it's no contest. Other cars may have a nicer interior or a better fit and finish or a better this or a better that, but taken as a whole, there just isn't another car, particularly sedan, uh, on this earth that I think comes close to the Model S. Second, and this may be the even more important point for me and for, again, a lot of, a lot of certainly Tesla owners and, um, and, and people considering Tesla that think this is something they should know, if you watch Tesla closely, and certainly if you own the car, you know that Tesla has proven to be so much more nimble than every other automaker. I mean, I and I really hope that Tesla can retain that nimbleness as they scale up and grow and get to Model 3 and beyond. I mean, Tesla fix, fixes issues very, very quickly. Back on, I think, the very first episode of this podcast, I covered how amazed I was by the fact that in a span of three years, uh, you could even, we could even make this case for two years, but I'm gonna roll autopilot into this. In the case of three years, Tesla went from blowing everyone away, winning car of the year unanimously with a rear wheel drive 4.2 second P85, to within three years, blowing that away with a 3.2 second and then 3.1 second from a firmware update and then 2.8 second from Ludacris, uh, a 2.8 second P- P90D Ludicrous with all wheel drive and autopilot and better fit and finish. Uh, that's how quickly Tesla has moved. They're very agile and it has helped them push ahead and get better so quickly that it's making the rest of the automotive industry look bad. I mean, that's, again, I go back to my theory about how, you know, all Elon wants is to speed up the electrification of the auto industry. And he's tried to do that by, uh, by sharing patents and by offering up the superchargers potentially for use to other companies. And nobody's taken him up on it. And so my theory being that he finally decided, screw it, I'm, gonna build, I'm just gonna build a car that's so much better than everyone else's that they have no choice but to start building electrics. And that's in my opinion, the genesis of ludicrous mode. And that's why I think you're starting to see Porsche and Audi and uh, these other car companies start to, start to at least pretend to get serious about electrics. So, uh, and you know, I, I, this other, the other point I'd want to make about the consumer reports thing, again, you know, acknowledging that Tesla isn't perfect and, I think maybe a little, I don't want to say adversity, but maybe a little bit of bad press can, I'm not saying Tesla is, isn't humble, but maybe it humbles them a little bit. And maybe it just adds a little more motivation for, for everyone sort of individually on the company to just push that much harder. I know Elon already pushes them hard, but just push themselves a little harder to make an even better car and make uh the model X better and push themselves to make model 3 better cuz obviously the entire the entire point of Tesla is to get to model 3. That's been step 3 of Elon's not so secret three-step plan since he laid it out in 2006 before the Roadster ever even hit hit the road, but uh you know, I I do hope that good comes out of this for Tesla. What's unfortunate is that being you know the media darling for better and for worse that Tesla is, this will stick. You know prospective buyers who aren't Tesla educated yet will see this. They will think, oh, I heard that car wasn't very reliable. Um, of course, those same people also heard about the P85D getting breaking the review scale. So I'm not sure which one's going to stick, but um, it'll be interesting to see how Tesla fares next year and the year after and see how the Model X fares because the Model X, of course, even though it is a new car, it, is an, it, is, it incorporates every single thing that they've learned from iterating and improving Model S over the last three years. More Elon news regarding Autopilot, he took to Twitter again saying, quote, regulatory approvals received, so Autopilot rolling out to all countries other than Japan, which is still under review. Uh, autopilot 1.01 is coming soon. Elon notes that it will improve. It will include, pardon me, curve speed, adaptation, controller, smoothness, better lane holding on poor roads. And with an exclamation mark, he notes, he notes improved fleet learning. So this is, what's great. This is, this is again, I, autopilot might be. One of might be the single best example of why having an always connected car is is such a great thing because while yes Tesla has added many new features in the last three years via firmware updates everything from you know navigation improvements to you know the supercharging routing stuff to the backup guidelines on the rear view camera etc etc and of course autopilot itself via the you know the, the firmware update, the autopilot can evolve so quickly based on you know all this data being instantaneously fed back to Tesla, they interpret that data, they work with that data and then they update the software and push it back out to the cars. you know other car companies, Mercedes, et etc, are certainly either have some sort of implementation of autopilot or they're working on it. But what I want to know is, how are those other car companies going to improve their product? How are they going to improve their autopilot? Their cars aren't connected. Are people gonna have to take their cars to the dealers to get some sort of flash update? Uh, You know, and how often, if that's the the case, how often is that going to happen? You know, once a year, twice a year, maybe tops. So this is another area where Tesla wins and this, Just that infrastructure alone, that always online infrastructure and built into every single Tesla will probably, I'm very confident in saying that Tesla's autopilot technology is going to stay well ahead of the competition simply because Tesla has the infrastructure to continually improve it. Now let's go around the world for a minute starting in Europe. According to European organization AID, standing for Automotive Industry Data, here's some good news for Tesla this week. Model S has gained some serious ground in Europe in 2015. According to AID's figures, the S has sold 10,600 units in Europe, which has outsold the BMW 7 Series by almost a factor of four. The Audi A8, it, uh, the S outsold the A8 by uh, over a factor of two. And the Model S came within 800 units of beating the Mercedes S-Class compared to 2014, when there were 6,200 more S-Classes sold than Model S's. So just major headway being made in Europe. I just think word is spreading. You know, the word is getting around. We we saw it in America in 2013 and then into 2014. You know, I've seen it firsthand right here uh, at the epicenter of all things Tesla in the Bay Area. You know, I went from seeing a few Model S's to the the, the word, it is true, the word absolutely gets around. People in their neighborhoods go, what do you got there, Tom? That's a Tesla Model S. You want to go for a spin? Sure. Oh my God, I need this. (laughs) And I think that same thing is just starting to happen in Europe And it's great. It is great to have Tesla be more successful around the world. Uh, And then I got to figure too, not only the word of mouth, but I'm guessing that firmware update on the D models to get the top speed up to 155 miles an hour. Because you remember the the Model S's used to be uh, governed at a top speed of 125 miles an hour which, you know, in, when you're in Germany and the Autobahn, you might not necessarily drive 125 miles an hour, but it does, it's, it's a perception thing. It doesn't, makes the car seem like it's not Autobahn friendly. So I got to figure that may be part of the reason for the car's uh, continued success and growth in Europe. Elon also said that Tesla could begin making cars in China for the Chinese market in two years, which could cut Tesla's costs there by a third, since they wouldn't have to pay the huge tax that imported cars are subject to. Now he said this before, but he also mentioned uh, that they'll like, but this time he mentioned that they're likely going to partner with someone on it. So the way I interpret that is I wonder if uh, they're not going to build a Tesla factory in China, if they're going to partner with a, a car maker that's already there, perhaps, because you know, there are other electric car makers starting up in, in China. So I wonder if it's going to be, uh, by partner, he means a manufacturing you know, assembly partner. Because, of course, you know, we just talked about Tesla just opened the, the new factory in Tilburg in the Netherlands. Uh, so I wonder if that's not the plan for China. But nevertheless, obviously, China, a, a potentially massive market, for Tesla to tap into particularly with you know not only just the sheer size of the population but given the the you know rampant pollution air pollution issues there the Model S has the potential to go over really really well if they can if they can get you know sell the cars at a at a uh, you know reasonable cost in that country and one more thing from Elon he took to Twitter to solicit feedback for UI 7.1 and beyond. You gotta figure he's, when he says that, he's got an assistant that will <laughs> curate the actual legitimate responses and then uh, filter out. It's like the, like, the, like the episode of South Park last week with the, with, uh, with, uh, where Butters gets stuck having to, having to go through everyone's social media feeds and omit all the, the crappy comments <laughs> and only supply the good ones. Elon probably gets the real-life version of that, where uh, he's got somebody that can that can parse through and pick out the the actual legitimate good comments and good suggestions, and then feed them to him and print them out and feed them to him. Uh, he said, "What aesthetic? What? <coughs> pardon me. What aesthetic and functionality improvements would you like to see in the 7.1 UI overhaul or new features entirely?" Now you owners have the best feedback of all. I am again, unfortunately, not one of you yet. But uh, the number one thing that I would like to see, and it's not an aesthetic thing, and I don't know if you can even necessarily call it a feature, but uh, for me, I have I would love to see Tesla partner up with Pandora and get a get Pandora and a Pandora app in the car because I, I love Pandora. It's a I, slacker is fine. I've been in the, you know, I've spent enough time in the S where Slacker's good and I don't mind it at all. It's a, uh, it's, you know, it's a good service, but Pandora is I think a great service and it really lets you have a customized personal radio station. I, I'm a subscriber to Pandora. I pay the five bucks a month for no, you know, no ads. And it's just, it's, it's at the point, you know, you do have to invest a lot of time to sort of train Pandora and tell it what you like and filter in the good stuff and filter out the stuff you don't like. But boy, when, when you've done that and you get to that point where it really is like, you know, in my case, it's Ryan Radio. It's just fantastic. I love Pandora. Would love to see it added in the car. Of course, you know, you could, the offshoot of that is, you, you, I, could, I could just expand that out to third-party apps in general. That was a promise, I don't wanna say promise, but that was a thing that Tesla in, said they intended to do way back when the, the S first came out. They said, we're gonna have third-party apps, we're gonna have an SDK, you'll be able to develop apps for the car. It never happened, or at least it hasn't happened yet. And it, and you know, the car certainly hasn't suffered for it yet, but, um, and maybe they they won't open it up and they won't allow, you know, homebrew development, but I would like to see see stuff like Pandora and maybe some partnerships with some, some apps that might make sense in the car. Uh, so Elon, if you're listening, number one, please come on the show. I would love to sit down with you for an hour and interview you about a million different Tesla things, but number two, uh, please Pandora would be fantastic. If, if not now, just in time for model three, I would really appreciate it. Love Ryan. Finally, this week, even though I wasn't too thrilled with Stephen Colbert's interview with Elon during uh, Colbert's first week on the air, taking over the late show from Letterman, as I discussed on, on an earlier show from whenever, whenever that uh, interview had aired, you can't deny that Stephen Colbert loves his Tesla, and that is fantastic. He is one of a number of, sort of celebrity fans, super fans of the Tesla. Colbert has spoken about his Model S before, but this week he did a six-minute segment on his show about the car just gushing about autopilot saying quote i love my tesla it's so fast it's all electric and later he added tesla owners woke up to find their cars could drive themselves so six minutes of of a of a great segment just high praise from colbert it's just another reminder that when the product is that good when the tesla the 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 product you're You've got is that good? You really don't need to spend market money on marketing, at least not in the early days like Tesla is. I mean, even right, even Apple advertises. Apple's ex- extremely successful. Granted, you know Samsung is every bit a massive competitor that uh, you know they didn't used to be, and and now they very much are. But you know, and there will come a day where Tesla does need to advertise when they scale up Model Three, they scale up Gigafactory, and they are producing hundreds of thousands of cars a year. They're going to need to advertise. They're going to need to reach the real, you know, just just the absolute uh, casual car maker, car buyer market. Pardon me, but that day is not today. Especially when you've got people like Stephen Colbert just uh, selling the car for you, doing the marketing for you. In fact, this reminds me. I was just I was on Tesla's site this week. Actually, I via an Elon Musk tweet. I have to confess, teller the silent half of Penn and Teller, the fantastic uh, magician duo. Teller wrote a blog that's on Tesla's website under the customer stories section about how he found out about the Model S, test drove one, bought it, and now he loves to drive, where previously he used to just only think of a car as point A to point B and nothing more. He never gave a crap about cars, but now he loves his Tesla and loves to drive. So I thought that was, t- take a look at that on the Tesla site if if uh You're curious to see what what Mr. Teller thought. That is the news for this week. Just a ton going on. Be right back to wrap up right after this. As always, I want to thank all of you for tuning in, spreading the word, uh, posting on reviews on iTunes, telling your friends, tweeting it out. I've seen a number of very kind tweets saying, oh, just found out about uh, Ride the Lightning Tesla podcast from from Ryan McCaffrey. Great job. I really, those literally make my day. Uh, so, uh, and it just helps spread the word. I do appreciate it. Follow me on Twitter if you feel the uh, feel that it would be beneficial to you. I think it would be. (laughs) It's a lot of video game stuff, but plenty of Tesla stuff too, because my day job is covering all all things video games on IGN.com. But you can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. You can email me that the uh, podcast email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com. Uh, nerdstyles.com is my little, uh, side project website. It is a video game and geek inspired t-shirt line. I've got about 10 t-shirts plus a coffee mug there with the holidays coming up. Hey, make, might make a good gift for you or, or someone you like. Check out nerdstyles.com. And though we didn't do any phone calls this week, I really enjoyed doing those. I, I want to thank life on record for providing that, that, uh, phone call setups where you can call in and, and leave messages for me. I love doing that every week. So please, if you've got a, a reaction to something on the show, a reaction to something Tesla's doing, a question, a you know maybe a, a, dis, a discussion starter, give me a ring, toll free. The number is one 888 tsla Or you can Skype that number, uh, as well as Skype, Life on Record 2, all one word. And I, uh, on that note, I remind you that if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, pardon me, special occasion, I'm going to get through this plug correctly one of these weeks <laughs> without stumbling, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can then be podcasted, or put onto a keepsake, please visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. And I I always want to give a plug and say uh, thank you to Dave T from the Tesla Motors Club Forum. He he makes a fantastic weekly Tesla newsletter that helps catch you up on the week's Tesla happenings. Visit teslaweekly.com to subscribe for free, I do. And it—I uh, always, I always double check it. I always reference it to double check up that I've hit all the big topics that I wanna talk about on the podcast each week. So thanks so much to all of you for listening. This has been Ride the Lightning episode 13 and we'll be back to kick off November next week. And hopefully some of you signature reservation Model X owners uh, might be able to start counting the days till you take delivery of your car. So we'll see you next week.